Oi, tudo bem? This is Brazuca Sounds, hosted and produced by Leandro Vignoli. Everybody, how's it going? What's the news? Follow me on Instagram. I'm at Brazuca Sounds. This is the episode number 11, written, produced, and recorded here in Toronto. And today I'm going to talk about a genre that it was more like a movement, really. The Black Rio from the late 70s, combining Brazil and America and like giving birth to an absolute jams. So let's begin with one of the best pianists of all time. About this movement Black Rio, we need to go back in time a little bit with Dom Salvador, which was born in the state of São Paulo, actually, but his career really took off in Rio de Janeiro when he became a pianist for many artists in the early days of Bossa Nova. Uh, Don Salvador was there when everybody was there. George Ben, Marcos Valle, Wilson Simonal, you name it. And Salvador was actually the band leader for Elise Regina during her first ever gig in Rio. Uh, and Don Salvador, he even had his own bossa trio, of course, but his life really changed when the Columbia Records producer came back from the States with a bunch of records of Cool and the Gang, Slender Family Stone, James Brown, and suggested that Salvador mixed his bossa nova elements with that style of funk, soul. So that's when he released his first solo album in 1969, Don Salvador, by the way, it was the first time he used this artistic name, Don, which was also a suggestion from this uh, CBS guy, the producer Herval Milito. Up until that point, he only used his name of birth on the records, Salvador, but now he was also the Dom.
And this record is a milestone of a piano, funk, instrumentals, one of my favorite ever. In fact, a blend of American soul, funk, with a pinch of Brazilian groove and rhythms. You can hear a cuica in the mix of this song in the background. And the album cover is also iconic, like well said. Uh, DJ and music expert Greg Cass in his Instagram account. It is very provocative for Brazil in 1969. A black man not smiling with a leather jacket and his hands balled up into fists. Uh, but however, how these things normally go, this album, despite the fact it's great, the sales really bombed. Maybe Don Salvador was a little bit of ahead of this time. Let's just remember this album was released even before the first Team Maya album, which is kind of the beginning of soul music in Brazil. So for a second record, Don Salvador put together an ensemble, Grupo Abolição, eight musicians, all black men, something like unheard at the time in Brazil. Abolição means abolition in Portuguese, so it was really a statement. And many lyrics were written in partnership with a poet, Arnoldo Medeiros, which kind of explains a little bit the spoken words, like a full Brazilian version of Gil Scott Heron. record is Song Sangue Raça, Sound, Blood and Race. The record is in fact an embryo of the Black Rio movement as two musicians, the drummer Luis Batera and the sax player Oberdan Magalhães, would in the late 70s form the ensemble Black Rio. But of course it's Don Salvador leading the show in here this record really exploring the North American genres, timidly disseminating an influence of James Brown mixed with samba, bossa, like in this particular song over here, it's called Guanabara, which by the way 
it is the first name of the city of Rio de Janeiro. This record of Don Salvador and the Grupo Abolição was the first and only album released by this ensemble. It was reissued after in 2001. Uh, Don Salvador was in his 30s already uh, when he put out this record, and as the story goes, he really didn't like all the other guys constantly partying, drinking, smoking, so he left for the stage. A couple of years later, this record was out, and he lives there still in New York City. He's 82 years old now, up and running. Not many people recognize Don Salvador in Brazil, but he's definitely one of the best. And if this album was putting some pinch of James Brown sounds in perspective in Brazilian music, it was about time of Brazil having a James Brown of its own. And the guy responsible for that is Tony Tornado. in the 80s, Tony Tornado was not more than a comic relief character in the TV show Os Trapalhões, which is kind of our version of the Stooges in the 80s. And he was in a lot of soap operas too, as an actor. However, when we go back to the 70s, Tony Tornado was releasing records, actually only two, and this song in the background is called Pode Crer Amizade. It is a full blown James Brown inspired with a lot of call and response in the singing, very, very simple lyrics, slangs. The name of the song is slang. Pode crer amizade means something like it's alright, bro. And pode crer is even used today when you want to agree with something, kind of end the conversation at the same time. Like a taxi driver says, Brazilian president is a terrible human being. And then you just respond, pode crer. This song was actually part of his second record from 1972. But once again, let's go back in time a little bit more. 
Tony Tornado really had quite a life. He left his home for Rio at 11 years old. He worked as a shoeshine kid. He was homeless. He served the military when he turned 18. And then when he was about in his late 20s, he lived in New York for five years being like a hustler, you know, drug dealer, pimp, you name it. And when he was there in New York, he met another Brazilian singer, Tim Maia. And this song in the background, you can clearly hear they kind of share the same influences at the time. They put out albums for rival companies, though, Tim Maia on Polydor, Tony Tornado for Odeon. And when he came into the scene, he was not much of a writer. He couldn't write songs, so he was very dependent on musicians and orchestration, and he got that for this album. One of the arrangers and music producers is the only one, Don Salvador, which, by the way, gave one of his songs that he will later record. The song that I played here earlier, Uma Vida, in this record of Tony Tornado in a slightly slower tempo. But what made Tony Tornado really a superstar in Brazil was when he performed a song in a very popular festival contest on TV. Like, The Voice was a thing in Brazil 40 years before the actual The Voice became a thing in America. But anyway, the song that I'm talking about is a BR3, BR3, like a ballad about a romantic trip on the highway. He was also in one of these Brazilian festival contests for TV that Tony Tornado also was handcuffed once after showing like a Black Panther salute after Elise Regina performed her song Black is Beautiful. And I think I told these stories in a podcast about Elise Regina, I think is the episode number six. But on top of his a uh, great voice, Tony Tornado is a great dancer, a charismatic figure, all the way, big afro, super tall, six foot three, 
tornado is constantly also being investigated, considered a threat because of all his demeanor, and that's why he pretty much left music and let his transition into acting for almost like 50 years now. So Tony Tornado put out only two albums, 71 and 72, but it's fundamental if you want to go deep in Brazilian funk and soul music. And the two records, they're quite different. Even the debut, more like a pure singer, and his second album, uh, like this music on the background, uh, Tony Tornado became a writer of the songs too. But anyway, when Tony Tornado uh, stopped recording music, one guy had to take over. Brother! more or less the black music genre in Brazil. It was very sporadic, made by artists like Timaya, Hildon, Cassiano, Tony Tornado. But the movement Black Hill was something to create really a category, a unity among all these black artists. And Gerson King Combo was one of the leaders of that movement. And no wonder why he calls himself King. Uh, Gerson was a singer, but also a promoter. He was like organizing party dances, festivals in Rio, bringing more than 30,000 people each weekend. Uh, his songs and performances were really more straightforward, related to James Brown and the black activism uh, from the US. In this particular song in the background, it's basically a spoken word saying that uh, the black youth don't want to offend anybody. They just want to dance and enjoy the music. It is what he calls the black commandments. So this black real movement really took off as a genre and every big label wanted its own James Brown-ish kind of an artist. Good caller. Come on up, come on up. <laughs> 
so Gerson King Combo debut from 1977 was never reissued. So the original LP is one of those very expensive records, 500 bucks or something like that. Uh, the Black Reel was really a movement for all the black youth to express their culture and pride. It was not per se a political stance in any way, but many of these artists thought at the time that samba had really been co-opted by the industry. It became more like a white thing for gringos, according to them. So that's why they turned their heads to American influences. So the albums were an attempt to kind of commercialize a trend, but the Black Rio movement per se was really about the parties, bailes, as we say in Portuguese. Music was as important as meeting with people, getting together, and as those bailes became increasingly popular, the dictatorship police obviously started to shut it down very, very quickly, so the entire movement only lasted a couple years, if that long. And by the way, there are many different opinions on which is the first Brazilian rap song, and Gerson King Combo is definitely on that mix. The way he sings, with a lot of spoken words in a very cadenced way, almost like a flow. So this particular song that I'm gonna play now, he even name drops himself like an authentic rapper would do. Meu nome é Gerson Cortes, também conhecido como Gerson Combo no pedaço, ou Gerson King Combo. Gerson King Combo. <laughs> That's how Brazilians pronounce this soul consonants in English, like it's not king, but kingy, or funky, blacky, and so on, facebooky. Anyway, Gerson King Combo went into full ostracism after those two albums in the late 70s, and only came back into the scene to record an album in 2001, mainly after being rediscovered by many uh, Brazilian hip-hop artists. Unfortunately, Gerson King Combo died last year due to generalized infection and complications of diabetes. He was 76. But even if the Black Rio movement faded away rapidly, one band even was named after the movement.
So this is Banda Black Hill, or Black Real, if you will, released its first record in 1977, but all its members were previously involved with a bunch of other records, like the records of Don Salvador and Grupo Abolição, as I mentioned earlier, especially the sax player, Oberdan Magalhães, who also appear in other classics like Artur Verocai, Marcos Valle, Tim Maia. And Banda Black Hill was a fusion of samba and funk, really, full instrumental, blending their own songs, like this one in the background, Maria Fumaça, which gives the name of the album. Some Brazilian classics like Baião, a song by Luiz Gonzaga. I feel like it's worth it to show you the original version of this song, just so you can understand how different it is from the Black Rio approach. This is Brazilian regional music on its best from the northeast part of the country. But anyway, coming back to the Banda Black Hill again, uh, this fusion of samba and funk was really what made Black Hill so, inno so innovative for its era. Unlike Gerson King Combo, they were really chopping off Brazilian music and then grinding with all these other elements of funk and soul, it was like this succulent meatball in form of music. Their debut album is obviously more influential, became popular among DJs and such, and reissued recently by the English label Mr. Bongo. But my particular record, and this is just my humble opinion, is their second album, Gafieira Universal. It's where they go really deep into samba elements, a lot of cuica and other instruments. Thank you. 
And as you can hear, this song has vocals uh, like two others in this record. Normally, Banda Black Hill was just like an instrumental combo. Uh, and the song Vidigal is named after one of the Rio de Janeiro favelas. Banda Black Hill released uh, only three albums, but then stopped performing and recording uh, following the sudden death of their original band leader, uh, the sax player Alberto Magalhães, in a car accident in 1984. He was only 38. Uh, the group was actually re revitalized recently by his son, William Magalhães, uh, even with a couple albums released by the label Far Out. Oberda Magalhães' granddaughter, Amanda, also records music and she did put an album, I think, last year. And I'm gonna finish this episode of Brazuca Sounds. Actually, we really want one of her uh, songs just to make this transition between the old music in Brazil with the new music in Brazil. And that's it for today, folks. Contact me on Instagram. I'm at Brazuca Sounds. Also follow a playlist on Spotify with the songs. And that's a wrap for today. Bye-bye. Take care. was Brazuca Sounds with Leandro Vignoli. Thank you for listening and see you next time. Mm -hmm.